0: hello welcome back to aspiring black social worker this is episode 11 y'all I am your host Shaw I am a third year MSW student and it is almost over I graduated in May I am so looking forward to this anywho this podcast is my landing ground a space for me to process through the information I am learning in graduate school and a place for me to to discuss the various topics that run through my mind throughout the week. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm actually back sooner than I expected this week and that's because I have some things to get off my chest that have been there for a while and for a while I mean for years. But there has just been a lot of things in my personal life. Um, that made me feel like I need to just kind of share this with the world um, but before I hop into that topic I need to ask you all to subscribe to my podcast if you are on apple music I mean apple Podcasts, please rate and review also be sure to follow me on instagram at aspiring black social worker To start off story time, I want to tell y'all about my views on Christianity and the Bible. The first thing I want to say, and it may be slightly controversial, but I hope it makes sense and y'all can kind of get what I'm trying to say and where I'm going with this. I believe that the Bible is open to interpretation I am almost certain that if you put five people who have never read the Bible and never heard a sermon in a room and have them all read the same biblical passage, they will most likely have five different interpretations of that passage because they are all trying to apply that passage to their life. They're looking at it from their different life experiences, their different beliefs, And people just also have a different way of processing things where they get there to get an understanding, right? So I just think that when people read the Bible, they're trying to make it useful to themselves, right? With that being said, I want to say this. (laughs) There is no pastor and no one anywhere really in which I could listen to all of their sermons, all of their talking points about the Bible or Jesus or God or Christianity and completely agree with everything they say. I um, am of the belief that before anyone decides to commit themselves to a church, a pastor, or any kind of religious body, they should read the Bible for themselves get their own understanding, and then if they feel like they need to have a church home, they should find one that aligns with their current views. And I say current because views can change over time. As you progress in life, you may need to find a different pastor, a different church home, because you're going through different things, you're experiencing new things, so your perspective changes as life happens and I think that is the reason why so many people say that when they that they can read the Bible multiple times the same passage and get something new out of that passage each time passage each time they read it because their perspective has shifted based on new experiences, new successes, new challenges. And like I said earlier, they're trying to figure out how this passage can help them at that point in time. Okay, so that's the backdrop to my quick story okay so let's get into this story and the story that I'm gonna tell y'all leads into the next segment of what's on my mind so several years ago I had my own Christian-based blog it was called Elevate Through Faith and I really really enjoyed writing the post um, for that blog You know, they were all based from my perspective of what the Bible was telling me at that time. After this blog was up for a while, I started writing for an online Christian publication. And things were going really well. I was, you know, I felt like... I was contributing to something higher than myself and I was really just kind of enjoy writing for this online publication until the owner called me one day to have a conversation possibly to reprimand me, but she didn't really put it that way. So let me tell you, so I'm almost certain that it's because of a Facebook post that I had put up because she did follow me on Facebook at the time. and. Um, She called to tell me, and mind you, we didn't talk on the phone. Typically, it was through email. Um, I think I had talked to her maybe twice the whole time I had been writing for the publication. So um, she called me to tell me that in the articles that I write for her and in the articles that I write for my personal blog, I could not express any support for the LGBTQ plus community. And she said, like, you know, regardless of your personal views, you know, we have to keep it biblical views. And I was shocked. I I really was speechless because I could not believe that this I guess this I couldn't let me just say, I couldn't believe this woman, this Christian woman, told me that. And this was a time for me that opened my eyes to see that everyone didn't feel the same way I felt about what the love of God is, what being a follower of Christ was, um or is so okay, let me get let me get back to the story. So she says this, and, like I said, I was shocked, I was speechless all these days, but I literally was speechless. I wish I could say that I told her off, or like gave her like this quick read or quit right then and there, but I didn't, and i you know I'm telling y'all this story very transparently, but I probably wouldn't have told this story back then because I would have been ashamed of myself um But when she told me that, you know, I listened, and I was just like, okay, and I kind of got off the phone with her. And I thought about it for a couple of days. Then I emailed her, and I let her know that I could no longer write for her blog. And I told her the reasons why is because I support, I do support the LGBTQ plus community. And I, you know, there's people who I love who are part of that community as well. So... I couldn't promise that I wouldn't write anything, you know, that expressed any support for that community, um, on my personal blog. I knew I couldn't write it for her after she told me that because, you know, that's her. She's going to deny it, um, if I send her an article like that, but I also couldn't say I wouldn't promote it on my personal blog and the, not promote it, but write anything for my personal blog, but the benefit and one of the the perks of writing for the online publication was that I could cross promote, right? I could promote my articles on that online publication on my website and also on that her website, I could promote my website within my articles. So that was one of the things that, you know, kind of made me excited to write for this online publication also when I was younger younger like maybe middle school maybe early high school I really wanted to write for a magazine and back then I thought it was going to be like you know like a hip-hop magazine like the source or something but you know when I got this opportunity to write for this online publication I was super excited because I was like oh my goodness this is like a dream come true I'm writing for you know even though it's a online magazine, it was still a magazine. So I was really excited. And um, so this kind of just deflated me a bit, right? And let's see, I started my personal blog back in like 2017. I want to say it was late 2017, like maybe October 2017. Um, and this conversation with the lady took place like early, early, like January 2019. Um, So I thought about it for a while and, you know, I already told her I wasn't going to write for her anymore, but I think I maybe wrote one more blog post for my personal site after that, because like I said, I realized that everyone's, Like I knew, let's not make it something I didn't know, I 100% understood that people didn't think the same way and that people can have different perspectives, but I felt like I was part of a problem, right? I am really under the persuasion that people should glean what they can from the Bible, glean what they can from, you know, their faith and Apply it how they think they should apply it. I don't think that they should get that from me. Someone, for one, who's not like someone who went to school for theology or anything like that. So I just kind of, I i realized I was doing something that I was against. Like I wouldn't read a blog post and immediately agree um, with someone else's interpretation of the bible and i shouldn't ask people to do the same for me um even though i really tried to keep my posts straightforward as possible i think i was a little too literal um in some of my posts as well and i could not in good faith keep writing a christian bible place bible based blog um so I, I give you that background because I want to also tell y'all a few things that I know for sure about the Bible. When I say I know for sure, I want, you to be, I want you to understand that I know these things, but I do want y'all to consider it. There are some things that are not up for debate in the points I'm going to lay out for you here. But I am not trying to persuade you one way or another. I really just want you to consider it going forward but definitely for this conversation. So the first thing that I want us to take into consideration is that the Bible is a historical document. Whether or not you believe everything in the Bible is factual or if you believe some things in the Bible are fictional, you believe everything in the Bible is fictional or vice versa. Um, The book, the Bible, was in fact written, written a long, long, long time ago. I don't know how long ago it was, but something written that long ago, I feel like we cannot expect it to be completely relevant today. And some of what we read in the Bible was written specifically, and this is what I want you all to remember, specifically written for a certain group of people during a certain period of time Everything in the Bible wasn't meant for us to follow today. Everything doesn't even fully translate into the lives we have today. So we can't expect us to be like, you know, times change. We evolve. The Bible has not evolved. So let's keep that in mind. Well, it has evolved, but not in the way that the world has evolved, if that makes sense. um. So... The second thing I want to say is that the Bible was not originally written in English, which is not up for debate. Everybody know that. And it has been through many iterations and translations in its time. So most people don't know what the original version said. You have to be able to speak. I don't know what the language was. I don't know if it was Greek or it was Hebrew. I don't know. But you have to be able to translate that stuff. And... If you're accepting other people's translations of the Bible, then you're setting yourself up, set up setting yourself up to their biases, right? They're going to translate it in a way that elevates their beliefs and their biases towards different people. So third, the Bible has been weaponized against several groups of people. It has been a tool of oppression for women, for black people, for people of the LGBTQ plus um, community. And if you feel like the Bible, um, no, not that, if you believe that God is a God of love, You must also believe that God would not want anyone to be oppressed, discriminated against, or have violent acts committed against them because of the way that God created the person. And lastly, any time the Bible is used as an excuse to divide instead of unite or to hate instead of love, it is being used completely incorrectly. Okay, so that was the backdrop to the what's on my mind segment. So, if you haven't figured it out yet, (laughs) what's on my mind this week is um, people who identify as LGBTQ+, and the downright ignorance of the people who have a problem with them. (laughs) I'm talking about the people who say things like, love the sinner, hate the sin, I'm not sure if they realize that they are basically saying that someone's identity is a sin. That's like saying um, that being black is a sin or that being a woman is a sin or that being um, anything. anything You can identify having a disability is a sin. Um, Things that you that are part of your identity cannot be sins. So. It is a package deal. You can't love someone who is gay, lesbian, transgender, bisexual, but hate the actual fact that they are gay, lesbian, transgender, or bisexual. Um, At this point, if we're being honest, you just hate them. And, you know, so that saying doesn't really work like that. Sins are actions and behaviors and maybe even thoughts um, that someone has. Sins are not the people themselves. But what gets me is the people with the problem are the same ones that engage in actions that many believe to be sinful. But it's okay because they don't feel like it is... um, they choose to make anything about like identity and attraction and, you know, sexual identities, sexual attractions into sins. So what I did, I literally Googled list of Bible sins. And I looked at several lists and I realized that I really, if I was a strict biblical person and a strict person who's like, oh, if you commit any sins that are listed in the Bible, then I cannot like associate with you. I cannot tolerate you. I cannot love you. Then I I couldn't associate with half the people I know. (laughs) And I may not be able to associate with myself. I don't know how that works, but I couldn't associate with myself if I was strictly going by all these listed sins. And so some of the lists that I found were quite extensive many were completely ridiculous which is why i say like the bible didn't evolve with us <laughs> um for instance um some of the sins that were listed were like if you don't spank a disobedient child that's a sin um if you touch one of god's servants that's a sin so y'all don't go hugging on your pastors next sunday if you follow the traditions of men that's a sin So let's not celebrate these upcoming holidays of Thanksgiving and Christmas. And even cutting your hair, women cutting their hair, was considered a sin. And y'all, I cut my locks off two years ago. So like I said, I guess I can't, I don't know to do it myself at this point, guys. I don't know what to do. But then there were some more common ones that many people identify readily, like gluttony eating too much, drunkenness, and divorce. So I want y'all to imagine, literally imagine someone spewing hateful, rhetoric, hateful words at you because you are sinning, because you're celebrating Christmas, because you have you didn't spank your child, or you ate too much. I know a lot of people who eat too much, or get drunk, or have a divorce. For instance, let's say you have a big event coming up. Let's say you're getting, let's say you're getting married. I don't know, a big event coming up. So let's say you're getting married, and you're sending out these invitations, and no one RSVPs. So you start calling up your friends and family, like, "Well, why didn't you RSVP?" And they say, "Well, we couldn't RSVP for your wedding because." We don't support people who eat too much because that's a sin. Or we don't support people who drink too much. Or you've been married once already. I can't come to your wedding because you've gotten a divorce. It's just too much. It's too if you're going to try to look at the Bible that way, you're gonna have a a boring, sad, horrible life. Even complaining and judging people are listed as sins too. Things that we all do, like I love a good vent session. Sometimes I judge people. I try not to, but let's be honest, I do it. Most people judge people in some way. Not necessarily always negatively judge people, but we make judgments all day, every day. That's what we do. Um, but the thing is, certain people in society love to focus on homosexuality. As it is listed in the Bible as a sin. Although in the verses that they are referencing, it also says gluttony and drunkenness as um, sins, but they don't want to focus on those. And I honestly don't believe that homosexuality is a sin. Because like I said earlier, sins are the behaviors, the actions, the thoughts, not someone's identity. And yes, the Bible does specifically mention homosexuality. And it does mention, you know, men being with other men. Just keep in mind what I said earlier. The Bible is a historical book, which is really really like a compilation album of just different people writing these, (laughs) like, chapters and putting them all together, right? So these people are writing to certain groups of people during certain time periods so keep that in mind because two passages that are often used as supposed proof that homosexuality is a sin is genesis 19 and judges 19. in genesis it was two angels staying in a man named lot's house in judges it was a man who they called a Levite. They didn't give the man a name but he was staying with another man who offered him and his entourage a place to stay as they were traveling back home. Now, in both of these passages, <laughs> the men are staying with, you know, homeowners who were like gracious enough to open up their homes to them and let them stay there. And in both of these passages, the men of the city came to the doors of the homeowners and demanded that they let the men out so that they may know the man, meaning they will have sex with the man, the visiting man, right? And in both passages, y'all, the sick thing is that the homeowners offer up their virgin daughters to the men, which in, in my mind is very concerning as well, but no one talks about that part. We just skip to the fact that this is somehow proof of homosexuality being a sin. But these townsmen were not trying to engage in consensual acts. They were planning to rape these visitors in their town. (laughs) Like, let's keep that in mind. So these passages should be seen as like condemnation of rape and the way that women were treated instead of a condemnation of homosexuality. Okay, now let's move on to the New Testament. Another common passage quoted as the supposed proof of homosexuality being a sin is 1 Corinthians 6 9, in which, depending on the translation, says that homosexuality is immoral. But, 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 if you go back to the time where Paul wrote this passage to the church of Corinth. He he didn't write this passage to all men everywhere. This wasn't a passage to be sent out to the world. This was a letter he specifically wrote to a church called Corinth, hence the name 1 Corinthians. So you would find in this passage that the original words, not the English words and not the biased translation of this word that Paul wrote, the original words translate to homosexual offender and even homosexual is a stretch because homosexuality and homosexual were not words back in this day. But that is a a better translation. So keep in mind first Corinthians six nine says homosexual homosexual offenders is immoral. That's what the translation comes out to and in this passage, offender, offender is the key word because during this time, adult men would keep younger, what we would consider underage men, as sex slaves. And then others would take male prostitutes. So this is the immoral behavior that Paul was referring to. It was more of a condemnation or even like a cry to For help for these people who are being subjected to non-consensual sexual relations. Okay? These men were not willing participants. And you have to just keep that in mind. Because think about why would it only talk about men with other men. If it was really about homosexuality in general. Um, but guess what? The Bible is still being used to oppress because someone somewhere decided they did not like homosexuality and it was not the message that they felt like should be portrayed to the world. So, as the Bible has been translated over the years, it has just changed to homosexual is a moral homosexuality is a sin instead of it being viewed from the point of the church of Corinth. And I just want to say, you know, to be wary of any pastors especially who tells you that homosexuality is a sin. Especially those who will let members of their ch- of like who identify as LGBTQ plus serve in their churches. They'll let them use their talents, but won't affirm them and their identity. Um, I just think that is more immoral and unethical than anything because you're preaching one thing out your mouth, but yet you are exploiting People for your own benefit. At least that's how I feel. And the last thing I want to say is that if people really believe in the God of love, like they say they do, why do you think that God would create people with various identities, various attractions, if it's just going to bring them a lifetime of negativity and strife? Like, If you're one of the people who think it's still a choice, ask yourself why someone would choose to be attracted to someone in a way that isn't largely socially accepted, especially if they are Christians or of any faith that believes that homosexuality is a sin. Do you really think somebody would choose oppression, marginalization, and discrimination? Or do you think they just are tired of hiding and want to have the freedom to be their authentic selves? Um, I know that was a lot, um, but it's something that I feel very strongly about. I just want people to be free to love without judgment. Shoot, be free to figure things out. You don't have to necessarily love the person. Did you love everybody you ever dated? Like, just be able to be who they want to be without feeling like people are coming for them. Feeling like people are... Degrading them or discriminating against them, or unaccepting of them, because if we look at ourselves truly, we are all sinners, right? um so just keep that in mind i I really truly believe that the LGBT community deserves to enjoy their lives, however they want to enjoy, it, as long as they're not harming anyone else, and let's be clear, you having. Different beliefs and opinions about their lifestyle does not constitute them harming you. So feel free to shut up and keep your opinions to yourselves. And I say that out of love. <laughs> no, but seriously, I do say that out of love. And I, I know that people who are listening to my podcast probably don't have an issue um, with anyone of any identity. But this is, like I said, this is something that has been on my chest for years. I mean, probably since that conversation with the lady from the online publication. And it's just been a lot of things happening in my life that, my personal life, that has led me to say, you know what, let me, you know, do a podcast about it. Because people, I hope people in my life know how I feel. Um, I try to make it clear. But... It's just, it's been building up and building up. And I just want to, I want it out there. I want people to really consider what the Bible means. I believe people should research. It's important. Don't follow anybody blindly, especially if it's harmful to other people. Because we really have to think about people's mental health, people's acceptance into society, people's acceptance into their families. Like, imagine not being accepted into your family because of who you are. Like, that breaks my heart. And something I think about all the time is I have I have children. I don't know. They may grow up and realize that they identify as someone who is LGBTQ+. And guess what? That's okay. You have to keep those things in mind. I don't ever want to alienate my children. Shoot, one of them have grandchildren. Like, I don't want I want everyone to feel free to know they're welcome with me. And I hope y'all want the same thing with for y'all families. Because you can't control um who your children grow up to be. All you can do is love them and accept them. So that is my message, but also what has been on my mind this week. As social workers and aspiring social workers, we are really called to find out our beliefs that we personally hold, examine them, figure out where they came from, why we have them and what they're rooted in and then determine if that really aligns with your beliefs about people beliefs about society because with the subject and a topic of the LGBTQ plus um, community a lot of the things that we have been taught we just believe it because we've been taught it from you know a young age it's not because it's actually something that we know for ourselves it's because of something someone told us and we just kind of hold on to those values and we have to stop that we have to examine all those beliefs about people that are very divisive very stereotypical and harmful to various people various communities because that is what it means to be a social worker Alright, so for this week in grad school, I don't have very much of an update. Um, I will say I got two A's on my last two assignments. Remember I mentioned that I was doing an intervention planning assignment that I was struggling to finish. I was just lacking motivation and I also didn't really feel like we had went over how to plan an intervention. Well, my professor thought I had great things (laughs) in my plan. She had really nice things to say about my plan. She didn't give me any negative feedback at all. She just um, recommended other therapies that I actually mentioned in the paper, but she mentioned that those would be good alternatives. And she gave me full points for the assignment. So, you know, I'm happy. I like A's. Um, The intervention that I used was motivational interviewing and I'm going to use that same intervention as part of my next assignment in that class, which is a practice assignment. So me and a partner will be teaming up and doing a role play in which um, it's like a quick assignment. So like for five, it's a 10 minute video in total. So for five minutes, I'm the counselor and she's the client and the other five minutes, she's the counselor and I'm the client or social worker, if you want to. Um use that terminology, um, so I'm gonna use motivational interviewing because now I can actually practice um all the things I learned when I was researching and you know reading for the intervention planning assignment and every time I do these assignments, we do a lot of role plays, and i people give me really good feedback, and I'm like, I could really provide counseling, I could provide therapy and i may at some point i think i'm just burnt out and i always say this um i don't i don't know what to do about my burnout um but i think i could be good at it i just don't know if that's what i want to pursue and it's funny because when i apply for the MSW program in my mind I was going to be a counselor so um things have changed and now I'm just kind of taking a different path but who knows I may end up back in more of a traditional social worker role I may even start out that way I don't even know what's going to happen after I graduate and what my plans are I I would honestly love to stay at the current organization that I work for. I really enjoy it. I don't see any room for advancement outside of um, anything that would have me doing direct service. So that is the only gripe I have is that as someone who's currently burnt out, I just don't see where I could go. That would alleviate any of that for me. Um, But yeah, so I don't know how that got to that, but that's what's going on in grad school. As far as the um, internship assignment that I have, just the paper, like a lit review and a small study about toxic work environments, I have been doing some research. I've been doing some, um, and when I say research, I mean, I've been kind of pulling articles and reading articles Um, And I think I'm going to approach it from the perspective of abusive leadership. And what I mean by that is um, like how leaders use power and control as a way to manage their employees. And it's actually something I have shown interest in in the past, which I didn't even Oh, I guess I, I couldn't have thought about it this way because it wasn't something I was um doing at the time. But there has been two separate instances in which I have used the power and control will to point out toxic traits in leadership. Um, so it's kind of funny. But I once I did like a very thorough and detailed um, write up of how a person exhibited traits of an abuser based off of the power and control will and another time I just shared it with someone regarding their supervisor and the supervisor and the things they were telling me about their supervisor it reminded me of abusive partners people who are in um abusive relationships with their partners and they are the abusers it reminded me of that so I've used it a couple of times and so when I was kind of you know doing the lit review trying to find the papers I found an article that approaches it from that perspective and I immediately became like this is this is the one this is how I want to approach it Uh, because I think that is something that people often don't talk about is there's abusive people in all types of relationships. It's not just intimate partner violence. There are people who are in abusive friendships. There are people who are in abusive relationships with their supervisors. Um, I mean, people, people who have abusive tendencies are most likely abusive in many ways. So that's something to keep in mind. And so that is the vantage point that I'm going to approach on my paper. And I'm gonna keep looking um I'm gonna keep looking for more articles along that vein, and then I'm thinking about how I can approach um like when I do the interviews with other social workers about toxic work environments, how I can kind of pull that information into the interviews with them. So that should be interesting. And I am still very much in the preliminary phases of the lit review. So once I start interviewing people, I will give y'all some updates. Of course, I think that'll be fun. But yeah, that is all I have for this week in grad school. Is all I have for this week a short and quick episode? Um, I hope you all voted today. Is when it releases, is, it will be Tuesday, election day. So, if you had midterms, I'm hoping you all went out and voted. Some very serious issues on the ballot right now, so I really, really hope you all voted. Um, with that being said. Thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate you all for listening each week. Remember to follow me on Instagram at AspiringBlackSocialWorker. And then also shoot me an email if you have any questions about anything discussed today. Like seriously. um, Or if you have any ideas for topics for um, the show. Also... Um, Of course, reminder to subscribe to the pod, share the pod, rate and review the pod. I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful week. I will talk to you all later. Ta-ta.